hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Fred Schmidt, one of the pastors at Hillcrest Bible Church, and we are so excited to uh, have you join us for our next edition of our Together We Believe podcast. Uh, this has been something uh, we've been looking forward to each and every week this summer as we supplement our sermon series called Together We Believe. Uh, each and every week, we want to draw in somebody from our church family and share conversations about how um, we can learn from their faith story and how we can practically and tangibly increase our experience of life and joy with Jesus. And uh, as David's been talking about, ways that we can look at to close the gap between what we believe to be true in our minds and then what we experience as real in our everyday life. So uh, this week we have Darren Feldman with us as we talk about this Messiah we follow. So Darren, if you don't mind, just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you, your family, and your connection around here at Hillcrest. Sure, thanks Fred, and thanks for asking me to participate. Um, my name is Darren Feldman. Um, I'm a relatively new Midwesterner. I came out here in late 2018 uh, okay. to, started, to start work in yep. Janesville um, from the Los Angeles area. Um, my family stayed behind uh, so that the kids could finish the school year. Uh, so I did kind of that long distance thing for a while. Uh, brought my family out uh, June of 19, and uh, actually my, my wife and son. Mm -hmm. My daughter uh, was in, in junior college and stayed out there, so okay. th uh, part of the family came out. And after we uh, moved into, into our house in Oregon, uh, we, we came to Hillcrest. I believe we started here, ironically, a week or two before David started. Really? Yes. Really? And, and you came from a similar area where David came from as well, right? You, I would think that we were about an hour and a half apart uh, between Orange County and, and the border of L.A. County and Ventura County where we were. Okay. So if I get the timing right, you came out probably in some of our colder months, and then your family came out when it was a little warmer. Did you, like, tell them the truth about uh, what they missed while you were here? Yeah, I did get to experience the polar vortex. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I think they, they had an idea of what they were getting into. Yeah. And uh, so far, so good. Uh, oh. we, we, we're enjoying the four seasons. Mm -hmm. Oh, excellent. Which is something you don't get to experience in California. Correct. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Well, uh, w one of the things we love to hear are stories about how, how people have interacted with God and how their faith has grown you know, in their life. Can you remember back um, as, a, as a young man or a young boy, what were some of your first recollections of 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 God or religion? Yeah, um, so it's interesting. I, I grew up in a mixed family, and in a sense, mixed being uh, my, my, my mother and her parents, my grandparents, were born-again Christians. Okay. My father and, and his parents, the, the other set of grandparents, were Jewish. And uh, so uh, as, a, as, a, as a young kid, uh, you know, got to celebrate both Hanukkah and Christmas, and, and some of the other kids were jealous. Um, but I, I was aware of religion, particularly mm -hmm. on the Jewish side. My, my grandparents were Orthodox Jews. So wow. when, when I would, um, you know, uh, spend time with them, it, you know, it was sundown Friday night, the candle went up in the window, you know, Passover, it, it was the new dishes came out, stuff like that. Wow. Um, so I, I was aware 
of, of religion mm-hmm. per se. Uh, I think I was around five. We 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 moved to an up and coming suburb, um, and uh, my mom started to attend a local church. And um, my father didn't have anything to do with religion at that point, mm-hmm. nor did he want to. But uh, my mom brought me to church. And as a boy, I I started going into Sunday school. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I remember first, doing the Sunday school, doing some vacation Bible school. Um, And uh, I want to say it was probably I was six when Mm -hmm. my my mom, you know, asked me if I wanted to ask Jesus into my heart. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I did. And um, I'm I'm, I'm not sure at the time whether I really knew what it meant or not. Mm -hmm. You know, to some sense, there's a there's right a, a childlike faith. But but yeah. on the other hand, as you as you grow and mature, you know, was it really childlike? Like, what was it? Yeah. Um, I, I continued um, to go to church um, through middle school and into early high school. Uh, in, in high school, I, I think uh, you know what ended up happening to me ends up happening to a lot of people when they're more out in the world. Yeah. And I ended up hanging out with a lot of older people that had their driver's licenses and some independence. And later on in my early early 20s, after you know hitting what, what was rock bottom for me, um, I rededicated my life. And um, and 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 from that point on, um, you know, I think uh, uh, I, I don't have to ask myself was it childlike faith or not. You know, I I, I know that. Uh, that, that I asked for my sins to be forgiven mm-hmm. and, and that I wanted, you know, Jesus to be my, my savior. Mm-hmm. So, so in your young twenties, when you're going through all this, you use the term rock bottom. How, do, how would you describe your, your relationship with Jesus, you know, as you made that change in your life that was maybe different as you were, as you were growing up, you know, how did, how did he become real to you in that? Yeah, um, I was not in a good place, and you know, I knew better, and had done a lot of things that I mm-hmm. knew I wasn't supposed to do. And I think, you know, in the beginning, the Holy Spirit is there, yeah. um, trying to to uh, protect your heart. And as you start going down the wrong road, right, um, there's guilt. But the more you do it, right, you become hardened and, until you really don't feel it anymore. And it, it, it's going to sound weird, but the, the, God was always there. He, he was there, but I didn't feel it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, 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 it took, uh, he, he, he spoke to me one evening in a dream, mm-hmm. and, um, and it was very powerful to me. I either, you know, was going to keep doing what I was doing, or I needed to make a change. And, yeah. and so, um, you know, I'm not one of those people that, that hears from him regularly or anything like that, but it was very clear to me that it was him speaking to me. It prompted um, quite a few days of of remorse, mm-hmm. uh, brokenness, mm-hmm. um, and and kind of getting that that grief out of my system and mm-hmm. embarrassment and sure. everything else, and and after that, you know, he's, I think he's been patient with me. Yeah, yeah, wow, that's powerful. So um, and so, you were influenced in your time as a young boy in the church to understand that by the time you got to your early twenties, that this was not the path that God had called you on and you, you made some God by God's grace were able to turn things around moving forward. I want to go back a little bit. You had mentioned your your dad's parents, your mm-hmm. grandparents were Orthodox Jews. Mm-hmm. Um and and you had practiced some of that. You said Hanukkah and Christmas, you get like double the presents, <laughs> right? That, yeah. That's that's pretty cool. Um, was there anything as as part of that that you remember? You know, because we're talking about the Messiah we follow, and the 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 term of Messiah for Jesus 
we see that all throughout the Old Testament. Did that impact you at all from, from that side? You know, when I was living it real time, I was probably a little too young to understand it. Yeah. Um, I, I knew that it was really meaningful to my grandparents. I knew it was really meaningful to them. I mean, they would, you know, say everything in, in Hebrew and, and, you know, were very strict to the traditions and all that. I mean, I observed that. My dad, um, it was, in my household, it was different. You know, once my dad had his bar mitzvah, he was done and he wanted nothing to do with it anymore. So as a young kid, I saw that it was meaningful, important to, to my grandparents, but it wasn't meaningful, important to me. Um, as, as I got older, I, I recalled that it was a good part of my life. And so I, I, I was invited to a, a Passover dinner as, a, as an adult and as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I did find it extremely meaningful at that point um, for me, both when I was able to think in context of how the Jews have, have, have practiced that um, for just generations it, it hasn't changed or wavered and yet at the same time as a christian the things that they're celebrating are things that we as christians know as well and and talk about and observe and in, in in our learnings and teachings right yeah yeah and really cool as we look back at the old testament all the things that that even the the passover meal represents you know those are all things that that we're pointing to messiah coming and it sounds like as you have discovered not necessarily from a jewish background but from your christian background to realize oh jesus is this messiah that is talked about in the old testament yeah i mean when you talk about some of the things that with with passover almost foreshadowing right like with with jesus and his sacrifice the the jews don't see the New Testament and aren't mm-hmm. able to kind of make the connection, but it's interesting having that perspective. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So on Sunday, David talked about Jesus being fully God and fully man. And as you have maybe thought about those concepts in your life, how have you related to Jesus uh, maybe as God and as man? in your relationship with yeah, him? Yeah, um, that, that's an interesting question. And it's, it's honestly, it's not something that I think about often. It's obviously, I believe it, and it's true. One of the challenges it, for me is um, I tend to be a little more black and white. And so for me, uh, when it comes to my faith, I don't, I don't need a bunch of reasons and detail and proof. It, it, for me, it, it, it's been more of a childlike yeah. faith. And then when I look back at certain areas in my life, I can see his hand in it, and that helps reaffirm my faith. So, yeah. you know, in terms of God as man and God as spirit, I don't ponder it a whole lot. I, I, I will share that um, D- David jokes that he's, he's, he's not a good reader and he stinks at reading, and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and I was too. And I had a, a growing list of books in my bookshelf. I would I'd get books from my father-in-law every holiday, Father's mm-hmm. Day, and and I started feeling guilty <laughs> at the uh, unread pages. So yeah. I started you know, reading the books and, and going through them and, and actually finding some peers to go through them with me and yeah. at, at my old job. And there, there was a book that, that stuck out to me. And it, it was, uh, I think it's even, it's out of print now, but it was called A Violent Grace. It really went through um, all the instances 
of violence against Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's easy to go, oh, yeah, I mean, he was beaten, spit on, they, they stuck some thorns on his head, and then he went to the cross. But it, it goes through other things that we don't maybe think about. And, uh, you know, from, the, from basically he, he, was, he was born to die, mm-hmm. whereas we're all going to die. But the whole purpose of his birth was to die, and he had mm-hmm. that hanging on him. Yeah. And so, in a sense, the author is trying to say that's his first, that's, that's, that's a, a violence against him. It goes through to the unfair arrest, um, nobody defending him and advocating yeah. him the way you and I would have attorneys and people in mm-hmm. our corner. He had to defend himself. Um, his friends, including his best friends, betrayed him. Yeah. You know, I, And so, for me, reading that book, it put the humanness in him. Yeah. God as or Jesus as human, yeah. it it did put it for me in a different light that I don't think I ever thought about, and I think I need to think about. Yeah, interesting. Um, and so uh, I, I've read it a couple times, include including I, I reread it um, during uh, uh, Palm Sunday to, to Easter. I thought that was a good time Perfect. to read it. Yeah. Um, when I think of 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 Jesus as man, and I kind of add in some of the. The, the teachings that this this secular well this this human yeah. who was was given the gift of teaching or whatever it is helped yeah. helped uh, um, expose to me yeah. um, it, it it gives me feelings of gratitude I probably wouldn't normally have had yeah um, I would say Jesus as God um, is is more of the I, just he is I, I'm, I'm I'm grateful for the supernatural side of mm-hmm. of that persona, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think have there been times in your life <clears throat> and you don't have to be specific, you know, we have millions and millions of listeners uh tuning in. So, <laughs> um but um in the course of your life when you have gone through times of suffering, has what you've just talked about with Jesus and his suffering in his humanity, how has that helped you in those times yeah it um you know when things aren't going good it's 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 not uh, it's not a natural instinct to go there you know for me unfortunately most of the time it's get through it and then when when i'm at the other side certainly look back and and again i think i mentioned it before i I can see his hand in 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 sort of navigating that situation um, and then feeling certainly gratitude. So I, prior to coming here, I, I was going through probably one of the most challenging times in my life. Uh, I had worked uh, I had worked for an organization for over 20 years wow. and, and worked my way up from the yep. mailroom to you know an executive in the company and um, and and lost my job very very suddenly oh. uh, in, in a restructure. And um, I, I gave the analogy. It, it, it probably well. It, I haven't been divorced, but but I would imagine you know what it felt to me was like, you know, a spouse you had been married to for twenty years coming home and suddenly saying, "I, I don't love you anymore," and kicking yeah. you out. Yeah. Right. And so, um, my father, uh, when I was younger, was a very successful businessman and had uh, risen up to you know, chief financial officer in a company and turned it around, and then he had lost his job. Okay. And I watched him um, never recover from that. 
I think, you know, unfortunately his identity was, was tied up in, sure. I don't know if it was the money. I don't know if it was the title. I don't know what it was, but, um, it was in the mid eighties and he, he, he never, he never, he never recovered from that ever. And so for me kind of seeing that and, and seeing the effects of it, um, that was one of the scariest things to me is I never want to lose my job. And then it happened. Mm. During that time, uh, there was a lot of fear, a lot of desperation, um, and a lot of uh, clinging to God like I never did before. Um, and the irony of it is, is during that time that was one of the worst times of my life, it, it turned into one of the sweetest times. Wow. And I would say that that it wasn't. Um, it wasn't you know, relating to God as human, or Jesus as human, and what he went through. It was just recognizing that I felt completely out of control, and I needed, I needed his mm. control. Mm. I connected with him during that time in a way I never connected mm. with him before, mm. um, to the point where um, I knew that when I started working again, it wouldn't be the same if nothing else, because of the, the, the time and the capacity. But I think that was probably the time in my life that I actually saw him holding me, and we, we, we walked and communed, and it was real time, not that rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I think it was more of, I think it was Jesus as God. That, that's interesting, because as you describe that, I, I mean, I asked the question of, okay, when you're suffering, do you relate to Jesus in his human suffering? But how fascinating that, no, in those times, you actually leaned into him more of, I'm, hopefully I'm, I'm summarizing, not putting words in your mouth, but, but you leaned into him as sovereign God, who is in control when your life was out of control, or when you weren't in control, and how interesting that that's where your growth came. And, and he filled me with um, he filled me with real time reassurance. He he actually during that time filled me with more thankfulness and gratitude than I ever had before. Oh. It was a real neat time. It was Jesus as you know the Spirit. Hey, thank you so much for listening this week. It's been a pleasure to hear more from Darren and his life and experience with Jesus. Uh, Join us next week as we continue to to engage our minds and awaken our hearts uh, over the summer as we look at these different aspects of of theology and, and God and how this all comes together. 